everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of Brown Eyed Unicorn. Thank you for escaping with me today. I'm your host, Hannah Brown, and today's guest, I'm very excited about. He's a very, very busy man, so, um, you know, he had to move a lot of things around to be here today. Oh, God. Um, you might know him from my Instagram story. He's an iconic human being. We have my father, Jeffrey Brown. Hello. Thanks for being here, Dad. Oh, and it's thank my you, pleasure. Thank you, for the wine. That's my dad's girlfriend or life partner. Life partner, yeah. You sound like such a gay man when you uh, say that. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, she's my domestic partner. That's domestic what we call partner. it. Domestic partner. Yeah, she's my domestic partner. She's a queen. Um, thank you so much for being here. Um, my pleasure. How's your... Let's just like... Um, let's kind of wet your, your whistle a little bit. How's your day been? What did you do? Um, wrote some instructions for a trial. Uh, Sounds hard. Uh, went and got some new gloves. <laughs> Great. <laughs> the half kind, which you can't find anywhere, by the way. You like your little fingers sticking uh, out? Yeah, yeah, you know, in the 40 degree range. Totally. I, uh, so I can still put my hands in the pockets, control the... The phone, you know. To control the phone, that's yeah. true. You know, they have yeah. those gloves with the controlling fingers, and I don't think they really work. I don't either. Yeah, well. I've had them, and I've been foiled by them. Foiled? Yes. Um, what did I do? I laid in bed all day hating myself. Do you know why I'm doing this? Why? Because someday, at my shiva, you'll be able to play this in the background. You morbid <laughs> motherfucker. You guys, listeners... <laughs> My dad, since I was nine, has been like, this is the song I want you to play at my funeral. Yeah. You, you always cry by bodies of water. That's like a thing you do. You're just like a morbid, like melancholy I don't, man. No, no, no. First of all, first of all, that's not true. I don't always cry by bo- bodies of water. I, there's, I've only had, been near, what? Um, Lake Michigan and uh, the ocean. Uh, yeah, in the Pacific, <laughs> Pacific and Lake Michigan. And Lake Michigan does not make people cry. I feel like you always get melancholy by a body of water. I may get... It depends on the year. That's true. You you went through a dark phase where you loved, like, melancholy beach walks, but you were going through a gnarly breakup, so I'll give it to you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so... Do you mean with your mother? Oh, I don't know. Oh, no, just Leave it to you to just make it take a dark oh, okay. turn. okay. Some other one. It's not the content we're going for. Okay. Um, so, you know, you and I have a lot in common. We both love movies and acting and writing would you agree yes um but i think sometimes things get lost in translation i.e like i love pop culture and i love bravo tv and you like the news and watching sports and i also have a specific antipathy towards reality tv right what do you want to go into that a little more well i just i feel like it's um Something that people should not be wasting their time on. If you if you want to know how people become Trump voters, um, mm-hmm. that's how they do nothing but watch garbage like that. They don't watch the news. They don't get any information, and then they can't make intelligent decisions. Um, it's a concern. And I watch I, a lot of reality TV, and I voted for Hillary. Just so you know, I understand, but you may not know why you should have voted for Hillary as I well do. as you could have. I, definitely, yeah. I could know more. Yeah, but <laughs> totally, I, still, I made the right choice. <laughs> um, oh my god, I didn't tell you about this. I went on a Bumble date with this guy named Mario a couple weeks ago. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> um, and he was like. Uh, 
we started messaging and he was like, let's meet up tonight. Let's get a drink. And I was working a dinner shift. I was like, I don't know. Like, I'll, I'll let you know after how I'm feeling. And I was like, no, I'm actually really tired. Can we just maybe do something tomorrow? And he was like, sure, sure, sure. Text me tomorrow. And he's like, do you want to do lunch today? And I was like, I'm getting my nails done. Hold on. And then after I was like, no, I don't. Like, I have a bunch of groceries that I just bought. I shouldn't go to lunch. He was like, come on, let's get lunch. Come on, let's get lunch. Let's get lunch. And I was like, no, let's just get coffee. And, sorry listeners, my dad's fine. I've um, got a little cold. Um, but we got coffee, I was like, I'll, we can get coffee like an hour before I have to go to work, because then I had like an out, and it was in the middle of the day, it was like, you know, that's a respectful Okay. Thing. Let's meet at the Starbucks on Sheffield and Armitage. And he goes, no, let's meet at La Pen Quotidian across the street. Uh, It'll be much uh, better than a noisy Starbucks. And I'm like, but here's the thing, Mario. Starbucks has ice vanilla sweet cream cold brew, which is my favorite drink. La Pen Quotidian. Probably doesn't even have, like, simple stuff. I'm impressed that you can even pronounce that restaurant. I, that's one of those restaurants, I look at the name of it, and I can't pronounce it. That's because I uh, uh, took the, the Francais. I know, uh, but I, I still... the Francais. I know. Um, and we go, and he, I was running late, and he's like, what would you like? And I was like, I was texting him, I was like, ah, a black coffee. And he's like, cool, I got you an Americano. I sat down, and I was like, you're a little bit of a control freak, huh? And he's like, what? No. Anyway, I found out he was a Trump supporter, and then... We got in an argument about gender-neutral bathrooms, and I told him I had a trans aunt, and I liked that she could pee places without people being dicks, and he said, he didn't acknowledge it, and just said, anyway, and I was like, anyway, I think your values are trash, and let's stop talking. Did you say that to him? That wasn't in person. This was, like, over the course of, like, a couple weeks. We, like, but did you say, I think your values yeah, are trash? Yeah, that was in a text message. I said, I think your values are trash. Take care. Ooh, Wow. Jesus. Gender-neutral bathrooms. I just, I just issue, what are the sound of two testicles cracking? I know. In the woods. Um. Yeah, right. <laughs> he was still like, if I have a daughter someday, she's not peeing in a gender-neutral bathroom. Fuck that. He like, said that? Yeah. And I was like, you're an idiot. A gender-neutral bathroom isn't like, I don't know. I just, everyone needs to calm down. What would Andy Cohn say? He'd be like, whoa. Well, what would Andy Cohn do? That's what's going to, re- instead of what would Jesus do, what would Andy do? I don't know. I love that you know who Andy Cohen is. That's I didn't really expect well, that. Well, it's because Susie watches... And he's a Jewish icon. Well, I wouldn't call him an icon. He is a Jewish... Um, public figure. A public figure, yeah. Um, he's from St. Louis. Anyway, that what a great uh, segue. I just wanted to tell you about that guy, Mario, and how well, I stood up to him. Good for you. And now I knew you'd be proud. So, I don't know why you went out with him in the first place because he was really hot and built like a house and I'm moving in five months and I haven't had human contact <laughs> okay that's all I wanted to know right. thank you um, anyway nothing happened so Andy Cohen pop culture let's get into it I'm going to ask you some about some topics and we're going to get into the nitty gritty okay topic number one Kylie Jenner's pregnancy okay what do you want to know how do you feel about it do you well, think do it's we real? know? do we even know she's pregnant no, no. we don't know so, do you think she is I, I have to tell you in my entirety of my human experience, I cannot imagine a pregnancy that I care less about <laughs> than hers. Okay. I mean, honestly, who gives a flying shite? You can swear. I know. I'm just saying. Okay, um, but, but uh, whether she's pregnant, is- she's 25 years old. She either no. got. She's 20, Dad. Oh, 20, and she either got knocked up or she didn't. And if she did, especially with that... Rapper. Rapper, wonderful prospect. Yeah, right. I mean, that that guy reeks of 
familial stability all over the place. <laughs> and um, just the kind of guy I'd want you to bring home. Well, <laughs> don't worry. No one wants to date me at all. So you're safe. Oh, please. Oh, well. All right. So anyway, so it's very difficult for me to get... Um, philosophically invested in this pregnancy and I I, I, I I hope to hell she's not but if she is it sounds like the company she keeps it wouldn't surprise me sure that's a very um, diplomatic answer I would say my feelings it's not that it's it's not that we care that she's pregnant it's that we care that she's like hiding under a rock and won't just tell us like who the fuck do you think you are there was actually a recent interview with Khloe Kardashian and um Ellen DeGeneres, and Ellen DeGeneres was like, so was Kylie pregnant or not? And Chloe was like, I'm pregnant. She's like, no, why wasn't she on a Christmas card? Isn't that a good impression? Um, yeah. TBD. Yeah. It's on the R's. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's okay. Um, but Chloe was being all like, I don't know, what are you talking about? But it's more just like the principle of no one fucking telling us when like Kylie is the youngest and the biggest social media slut out of all of them. I, I, I still think the underlying principle is that we should just... What, what we could do mm-hmm. is foster this Facebook thing where you say, you've got 24 hours to tell us or we will never watch your show again. Mm-hmm. And we will boycott you. And that would probably compel her immediately to cough it up. Right. Although at this juncture, she'll probably say, oh, I was pregnant, but I had a miscarriage or something. She's... You know what I you mean? If she's not par- pregnant, sneak? no, no. If she's not pregnant, and this has been going on, mm-hmm. that's kind of unconscionable. Yeah. So, yeah. so what she would do is say, "Oh well, I was, or I thought I was." And, you like, know, TBD, some bullshit. Complications. Yeah, some bullshit. Sure, sure, sure. Well, I hope she's not, but I think she is, and I just don't think she's fit to be a parent, which makes me sad. It's not even a financial thing. It's like she's a child. Right. Anyways. Topic number two, yeah. and as a brown-eyed unicorn, two members of the Jewish community right here, how do you feel about Stassi Schroeder's most recent Instagram post where she posted a picture of her and her friends and labeled her outfit <coughs> as Nazi chic? You know, I, I will tell you, I actually saw that picture, mm-hmm. and what I find so fascinating about it is, what color did the Nazis wear? Do you remember? Wasn't it like olive green? They wore like brown. They were yeah. known as brown shirts, okay? Yeah. And this fucking imbecile <laughs> puts on something that is just so tasteless and stupid. And you can... The, the problem is it's not even educated white supremacy where they know what they're saying. It's just imbecilic. She has no idea. She has no idea what she's talking about. And it's only if people pointed out to her that it's not something you repeat... Would she have taken it down? It's bad PR, so let's take it down. Okay, let's change it. And she changed it to what? Uh, Elsa from Indiana Jones, who was a Nazi. Oh, did she? Yeah, she's like Elsa oh. from Indiana Jones, chic. And it's like, oh, you're saying the same that's thing. That's so witty. Yeah, I'm just I'm sliding off thing. my couch right now. Yeah, the <laughs> same thing, but veiled under a pop culture reference to like soften the blow. And also, because the Nazi thing was so clearly problematic, the whole... Labor or labeling your white friend with a red bandana as Tupac chic just like slid under the radar, but that was inappropriate too. Why? Because it's a cultural appropriation. You're like, oh, any girl in a red bandana, it's not Rosie the Riveter. She's Tupac, like a dead rapper. 
Oh, the dead rapper. He's I a for- dead rapper. I forgot Tupac's dead. Some people don't think he's dead. Some people think that he's like a hologram. Or- no, wait, no. <laughs> no. Well, not I- a hologram. They made a Tupac... <laughs> I'm, I'm messing things up. They made a Tupac <laughs> hologram at a concert once where he was like dancing, which is like really fucked up, but I'm kind of here for it. Does here for it mean like, like you I approve it. it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you were not here for Stasi. So I'm not here for Stasi, no. Okay. She, I just want to like give you a little Stasi backstory because I don't know like how deep your dive was into Stasi Schroeder. <coughs> my, my dive was into the... The, the direct thing. topic. Yes. In the last year, um, she has also mocked the Me Too movement and said that rape victims could just say no. Does she have her own podcast too? Yes. Oh, she's the one that did that as well. Yeah. Oh, she's so edgy. She's so edgy, and she keeps labeling her humor as just, like, sarcastic and dark. And I'm like, but it's not humor. It's you being offensive towards different groups of people. Women. And then after uh, Moonlight won the Oscar last year, she, like, loved La La Land, and thought La La Land was, like, the best movie ever. Like, literally. And she was mad that Moonlight won, and she said she's so... Did she even see Moonlight? Did she even see it? No. Okay. And then she said she was tired of them making things about race, and if their movie didn't win, it was just because it wasn't good, not because they're black. Okay. So So why does anyone even... Expect more from her? No, no, why... Someone like that should fall off a cliff. 100%. This is is the Donald Trump of pop culture. Mm -hmm. I mean, idiocy piled upon idiocy piled upon stupidity. Why? I don't... This is really hard for me to understand. I understand this kind of implicit superiority the ad, the audience has over the people they're viewing in these reality TV shows. Like, oh my God, I thought I was an imbecile and look at them. that. Yeah, that's like why, but, why I'm into it. But at some point you have to say this isn't... I mean, unless you've got you know, 12 hours a day to kind of sit around and watch some of this and then read a book and then, you know, what the fuck? Well, people, ever since the Me Too thing, the Oscar thing really pissed people off. She apologized. Um, Ever since the Me Too thing, people started tweeting her podcast sponsors, asking them to drop her, and she's lost, like, most of her sponsors. Good, she should. And I think she thinks she's untouchable because she has that sort of gauche, nouveau riche vibe like, she's always been a rich, privileged white girl, but, like, when you're a reality TV star, it's like, you got famous for barely doing anything, so now you're used to this standard of No, women. no, I'll, I'll go further than that. You think you, you're you, you basically got famous for doing nothing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. For, for doing nothing Or for redeeming. being an asshole. Right. Yeah. Right. And um, it's past, as someone who used to be a fan of hers before all this stuff happened, because um, I did just think she was a funny, basic bitch, and I was like, I can get behind that, because I kind of identify with that. Um, uh, does behind that mean? I like I thought she was entertaining does that, before. Does that mean approved too? Yeah. So we have, you're here with that and here for it. Here for it yeah. and I can get behind it. And I can get behind it. Okay, <laughs> I can get behind it. Okay. With a gesture that the listeners can't see. Um, no, but like once she started saying those things, it's gotten to a point where like I'm in a bunch of Facebook groups where we talk about all this fodder. It's very entertaining, but people are just like, it's no longer funny. Like. This bitch needs to get fired, and I hope she does. Good, good. I hope As Jay Z once I hope, said, I hope they do more than fire her. I hope they they tie her up against a post <laughs> and light her on fire. Yeah, you know what's <laughs> ironic about what you just said? What part of Stassi's like brand is she always talks about graphically how she wants to murder people because she just like loves murder. 
So then what I said was so apt. It was instinctively. so apt. Yeah, you just knew. I just knew that. You fucking knew, Dad. God, you're really good at this. That's okay. why I knew you'd be a great guest. So now we're going to go on to the topic of the Golden Globes. <laughs> I didn't get to watch them IRL. I merely I, Googled the highlights, but you did, right? Yes, I did. What are some of your immediate thoughts? Well, I was very impressed with um, many of the films that won and were recognized. I thought... Three signs, uh, three billboards. I'm sorry. You loved that movie. Yeah, that was an extraordinary movie, and it, it deserved everything it got. I have not seen it. I do have a huge crush on Sam Rockwell, and I didn't know he was he in was it. He was great. So now I will see it. He was great. I have. Is, are you cool Best. with that? As my dad, with him being my celebrity crush. Yeah. Or do you support it? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Sure, it's better than Kanye or something. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> better than like Matt Damon, who like. Doesn't believe in rape victims. What do you mean he doesn't believe in rape victims? He basically like just kept saying like, I don't know about these stories. I just I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well. We don't need to get into it. No, no, no. But I just think he's a piece of shit. Anyways, love Sam Rockwell. You loved that movie. You've been a Martin McDonough fan for years. So yes. I think this was a personal victory for you. <laughs> well, I also, I mean, the guy is... Just extraordinarily talented. I did not know, for example, that he could direct and write and do all the things he, he does. He's yeah. a really, really extraordinarily talented guy. But I think what you want to know is what do I think about the cultural aspects of the ceremony itself? Sure. I mean, I feel like it was a really big year at the Golden Globes. I think there were a lot of things going on. I think there were a lot of opinions, and I think that's great and really exciting. I didn't get to watch it in real time, though, so I don't really know. Yeah. I, I'll tell you, that Oprah came on strong, though. She was barking and... I loved it. Yeah. I, I watched her speech in bed the next day, and I cried. Did you? I did. I cried. I was so moved by, I mean, everything she had to say. I thought it was a beautiful speech, but when she talked about... I think she wrote it ahead of time? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Of oh, course she did. I was like, Dad. <laughs> um... Do you remember your theory that Aaron Sorkin wrote Obama's speeches? I really like to believe that. I think it's not a theory. I think that there were some speeches he wrote uh, or helped write That's so very early on. I love that. I love Aaron Sorkin. That's one of my dreams is to be in an Aaron Sorkin movie. Oh, it's one of my dreams too. Great. I hope we can act or, together. Or write an Aaron Sorkin-like play. Totally. Well, you're working on that. Yes. TBD, you guys. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, we'll see. Um, But... What was I saying? Aaron Sorkin. Oprah. Um, no, it was when she was talking about being a little girl on the linoleum in Milwaukee and seeing Sidney Poitier win mm -hmm. and what that did for her as, you know, an underprivileged child and how far she's come. And I just was so inspired by that because, you know, she is a true Cinderella story and proves that hard work and confidence and all that can get you to the top. And I like to believe that that's the same thing for me. Yeah. I will tell you what what I think the low point of the evening was. Sure. Um, I did not like um, Natalie Portman's little dig. A little quip. Yeah. You let, love Natalie Portman too. So and this I is a do, big thing but I, I just I, I, I felt it, let me tell you some things I found out. How many people do you think there are in the uh, the um, group that votes on the Golden Globes? Ten. Ninety. Oh. In the whole world. Okay. Do you know what they are? They're they're basically journalists who report on films. I always wondered who is behind things right. like that. Okay. They take no more than five people a year. Okay. 
Now, and I could not find the composition male versus female. Mm-hmm. I do know, though, if there is one industry in America where we can say that women have achieved extraordinary extraordinary parity, in my opinion, it's journalism. Mm-hmm. Okay? I mean, if you look at MSNBC, for example, the number of women who have their own hourly shows mm-hmm. um, is easily on par or very close to on par. The contributors to those shows are inordinately female. Um, for every male, there's a female, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so it got me thinking, unless, you know... This isn't the American Academy of Motion Pictures, which was, you know, basically skewed towards white males for a very, very, very long time. It still is probably. Yeah. This is a different animal. And so when I just felt like Natalie Portman's uh, statement was really kind of gratuitous and bitchy. And and Mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is, is that it also is kind of denigrating to the male artists. Right. right. Well, I mean, well, that's a. I am conflicted because I am someone who loves a good snarky, like yes moment. So I like I admired her bravery for like making a statement, but I think there was I think women all through the night were in a very elegant way, standing up for women, and I thought it was an awesome year for women at the Golden yeah. Globes and the black dresses. I thought that was awesome. So I felt like this wasn't necessarily the time to make a dig, and I do think given that none of those directors. I mean, knock on wood, that we know, are sexual predators. Like, just give them their moment. Right. Let them be celebrated for yeah, their work. And, and, we're, and the thing is, you're talking about art. Right. You're not talking about being in the corporate boardroom and getting 70% less. It, it, it's not the same. Now, you know, it's funny because these people want roles for women, and which is wonderful, and God knows they've had them this year compared yeah, to years past. Yeah, oh my past. God. So many and, exciting And stories that are women-centric, I would say. Um, but boy, if there isn't pay parity, that, that's a huge issue, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm not saying it shouldn't be an issue, but here's the thing. If you're doing an independent film, you're not going to make as much as a male who's doing a major motion picture or a female mate doing a major motion right. picture. Right. Me and Jennifer Lawrence it, don't have the same paycheck. Right. It's ne- it's never going to happen. And the fact is is that I am absolutely convinced that that is going to take care of itself over time. And uh, I think it is now and you know it's just going to take time. Yeah. But I think I think I think if there Women's creativity is harnessed, as I was saying to you when we before we started this. Our culture right now is so voracious for 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 content, which is why, by the way, you have reality TV. Don't forget, Bravo was originally a cultural channel right. that they transformed into a, a this drek, you know. <laughs> okay. And but I think there's a tremendous urge for it, and if that hap- if I'm correct. They will find the women. The women won't have to worry. You know what I mean? I mean, look at um, 
Nicole Kidman series this year. Yeah, Big Little Lies. Yeah, she produced it, right? Yeah, her and Reese. Right, and they and they and that is what you're going to have to do increasingly, I believe, in Hollywood. Whether you're a woman or a man, I was just making your own. I was just talking to Denny. You know, at um, yes, the health club hasn't had square at the club once in a while. He's a stud. He's a great Chicago actor. I've seen him work. He's very good. He's had one audition in 16 months. Does that make you feel better as an actor? I'm in the same situation he is. Yeah, exactly. I've had a little more than that, but but that's because I'm willing to audition to anything, at anywhere practically. But um, the point I'm trying to make is, Denny said to me, "You've got to create your own material." You know, and he told me about this camera he uses now. That's an app where you can get like a wide angle, not wide angle, but a certain kind of quality of film. That's exciting. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. You can, yeah, and he said, I he films himself just like eating breakfast, shaving, films himself doing all the little things that we don't clearly define in our imaginations. Mm -hmm. So. When he is called upon, he'll be able to do those things. He'll he'll be able to know viscerally how it looks. Wow, that's really smart. Yeah. But the reason I brought him up is what he said about creating your own stuff. And he's right. If I wait around for Chicago theater to f discover me at my age, I'm never going to get work. No, for sure. I mean, in a different way, me as a 20-something brunette white girl, it's the single most saturated group of actors, at least oh, in yeah. this city for sure. And, like, the fact that I know how to write and I haven't written myself something yet is bullshit because there's too many of me for me to necessarily get opportunities. Right. There just are. I mean, like, I auditioned for, like, a McDonald's commercial last week and they literally just asked personality questions. And I was like, I thought my personality was pretty dope in that audition. And the girl who got it works all the time. She's a great actress. She's a great person. I'm pals with her. But I was like, God damn, what did she do right in that audition that I didn't? And especially when it's something where you're not even acting. They're just asking you to talk. Well, but work begets work in this city. Oh, for right? sure. And that's the problem. Like when you have a reputation, it's like this is a solid actor. They always deliver. They're great to work with. You know, that and, and they've And, and it, it just assuages a direct, casting director's sense of insecurity to see that someone else has validated their decision before the decision they're making. Mm -hmm. And that has a huge amount to do with it. I'm sure in the theater it's the same way. Yeah. So. Well, I thought it was a great, I mean, I, I wish I saw the Golden Globes in real time, but I think it was an exciting year. I think there were a lot of firsts. I took notes of these. Um, Aziz Ansari was the first Asian actor to win for Best Actor in a TV Comedy. Which I, <laughs> I didn't even see it, so I can't comment. Master of None. No. He's I, great in it. Sterling K. Brown from This Is Us. He is the first black, black actor in a TV drama to who, win. Who was great in uh, The Trial of O.J. Simpson, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't even realize that was the same guy. Yeah, same He's guy. very, very talented. Good actor. So it was an exciting... Oh, and Elizabeth Moss for The Handmaid's Tale, which if you have not seen, it is an amazing... Yeah, I haven't seen that. Well, you should. She's I know, awesome. I read about it. And she it. was great in Mad Men, too. It's dyspo dy yes, dystopia. Dystopian society. Well, my best friend Clayton, who you know, and listeners, she's been on this podcast before. She's an icon. Uh, she was the one who asked me to watch it. She's like, you're going to love it, you're going to love it. And I was like, I don't like period pieces. And she's like, that's the point. It's not a period piece. It's supposed to take place right now. It was terrifying, but really good. Very good. dense. Um... 
All right, Golden Globes. I mean, those were pretty much my pop culture heavy hitters. Thank God. Do you want to read a poem? Uh, Guys, my dad's a poet. He has beautiful poetry. They're not funny. They're like, they're usually actually pretty depressing, but they're beautifully written. Well, that's very nice of you to say. <laughs> um, I did not pull a poem. Uh, to, I can always pause it. Can you pause it? Then yeah. pause it. All right. All right. All right, guys, Jeff Brown has pulled his poem of choice that he's going to read to you. You are very lucky to have the privilege of hearing his writing. It might be a little depressing and off-brand for me, but I want to give him this chance. So please, Dad, go. Actually, this is not a depressing one. Okay, great. Um, Okay. This is called To You Who Found Me, and it was written about, um, what, six years ago? There you were at dawn, on the beach alone against the furtive sand and sky. Regal, carnal, all as always, all at once, even with your sweatshirt on. I sat next to you. The addled dawn spread light and shadow upon your face, refracting breaths of crimson across your gaze. Whether gauzed or carved in laughter, every glance unburied me to cleave and smother virtue. Silently between us, the morning's aspirations unclosed our eyes and cast them in matching intensity and hue to rest upon our own dreaded eventuality. Later, heaving, reckless, wayward, arched again the stars unseen, quietly arose, then plummeted gladly, despoiled into the sea. That was beautiful, Dad. Thank you. That was a really nice poem. Yeah, I uh, some of this stuff is held up. I I wrote comparatively, you know, let's see, from two thousand seven to probably two thousand thirteen or fourteen. I wrote pretty consistently, and I have to say, I actually wrote consistently. I mean, a a poem a year. Mm-hmm. Every winter, I would write a poem. That's a good season, to write poetry because right. everyone's sad. And. Um, some of it's held up. That, that I think, is held up. It's a great poem. Yeah. I know nothing pretty... about writing poetry. I don't either. I feel like you do, though, because you write good poems. I know, but I never studied poetry. So you're just being, you're just like, I'm just naturally great. I'm, uh, I'm a, a savant, yes. Yeah, okay, great. <laughs> well, at least you know it. At least you're aware right. of it. Right, right. I like Alex, my older sister listeners, also is good at writing poetry, I just get really, like, bitchy about depressing writing sometimes. Because I'm so... I realize this, Dad. This is, like, a breakthrough. I realize that all my writing, even though it's, like, deeply depressing, it's, like, comedy, and that's, like, makes sad shit more palatable. Sure. Whereas I feel like there's a lot of poetry that just, like, leans into the sadness, and it's hard for me to read. Mm-hmm. But it's beautiful. And that wasn't a sad poem. I really liked it. it no, was, I It was a hopeful poem. Yeah, yeah. It's... To me, there's only two subjects to write about. Mm-hmm. Three. Love and hate. Love. And death. The loss of love. Mm-hmm. And death. Wow. I, I guess of which then. you don't really need the third <laughs> if mm-hmm. you have the first and the second. That's true. You, you know, because that kind of loss is like a death. So. It is like a death. What do you think is the normal threshold to get over a breakup? Oh, uh, of time. I, I can. The normal threshold? Yeah, for normal, healthy people. No, no, no. Not normal, healthy people. 
I don't think that's the average human. The average human, probably female, I would say six months. Uh, Male, possibly a little longer if he was truly in love. If he's just the typical Neanderthal, it could be a matter of minutes. I, I like, I think it's really hard to get over a breakup though if you haven't, if you don't fall in love again for a very, very long time. And they do and you don't. Yes. Uh, well, knowing what they do is what makes it difficult also. But, um, what do you mean yeah. by that? I mean, once you... Look. look. Once, once you are, uh, have loved somebody, really loved somebody, and you are now alone and... It doesn't matter if the other person has fallen in love because you don't know the quality or nature of that relationship, really. But you do know that you don't have love in your life. Yeah. And that is a very, very difficult thing to do. I well, think I'm in a constant state of knowing that I don't have love in my life. <laughs> yes, but you're highly functional and evolved. I'm not. So uh-huh. for me, it's much more difficult. I had those dark internal days though where I was in my bed and I was like I'm just gonna be lazy today and just lay in my bed and I was on my phone and I was watching uh, Jim and Andy on Netflix like half watching but I was on my phone like thirsting for human contact and I had like pain in my chest because I was so lonely and my apartment was so fucking tiny and dark and my cat was like on me she was like not leaving me alone and I was like if I don't act in a role because once again on social media I saw like two of my friends being like I booked this commercial. I'm working on this web series. I'm an employed actor. And I'm not. I literally was like, holy shit, fuck. I hate myself today. I hate the world today. You're so good to me. I know, but I can't change. It's your favorite song. Bitch by Mary No, that isn't my favorite song. All right, anyways. (laughs) You're getting defensive. Then I went to a ballet burn class. And the craziest thing happened to me. You're going to laugh about this. What? Okay, it's kind of, a, it's, it's like a multi-layered story. So, mom and I always bonded over dance, how, mm-hmm. like, we both loved dance, and she always told me, like, man, if you had kept training, like, I really think you could have been a great dancer. Uh-huh. Um, and I still love to dance, and no one really knows that. I, like, dance is a joke at work, but I, like, secretly really wish that I were, like, a good dancer. So, today, when I was sad, I was like, I'm gonna go to a ballet burn class, which is just very basic. And I go to the class, and about five minutes in, I'm feeling better. I'm like, Mom would really like this class. This class reminds me of Mom. And the instructor, <laughs> not ten minutes later, turns on the song Firework by Katy Perry, which was Mom's favorite song. And we were, like, leaping to it, and I literally almost started crying. Because I felt like, what better time for her to choose to connect with me than on a bad day over something that we both loved with a song? That is really touching. And I, I like, was trying not to cry in class while I was doing my leaps. Because <laughs> it would have been tragic, but it was really fun. I felt Good. better after. Good. Yeah. Good. Anyways, the last leg of this pod. Mm-hmm. As an esteemed actor, Jeff Brown, who loves Inside the Actor's Studio the way I do. Yes. With the right actors on it. True. Sometimes they really <laughs> scrape the bottom of the barrel. I know, and I'm like, they're... who the fuck are you and why do I care? Right. Uh, I would like to ask you the James Lipton questions. All right. That he asks mm-hmm. all the actors. Who's the guy who does the Shakespeare videos? Dun, 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 dun. Oh, I can't remember his name. Fuck. Why? 
I was just curious because I always confuse James Lipton and him, even though no, they're no, 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 no. very different people. Right. All right. What is your favorite word? My favorite word. Mirth. <laughs> the fuck does that mean? What does mirth mean? I know the word, but and I know how to spell it. What does it mean? What What do you mean? I don't know what it means. Well, I'm not telling you if you don't know. You're being a pissant. Just tell me what mirth means. <laughs> I'm not even sure what it means. <laughs> I just really like the sound of it. <laughs> You're a douche. No, I think mirth means funny. I mean, um... um like, he admired her mirth. Yeah. <laughs> mirth means, um... Yes, mirth. You know. I know it when I see it. You're using the word in the definition. Can we cut this part? No, it's funny. Uh, okay. Do you want to take a break and look it up? Yeah, let's okay. look it up. I want to... All right, so we've gone to the Google, my dad's asked Siri. Mirth means, it's a noun. It means yeah. amusement, especially yeah. as expressed in laughter. That's what, okay. That Synonyms. Was, that's what I meant. Synonyms. Yeah. Merriment, high spirit, yes. cheerfulness. Of course. Hilarity, glee, laughter, gaiety. There we go. Dolly. Perfect. Next. Right. Um, just in case you were wondering, my favorite word is swivel. Because it's fun to say. Or phenomenon. What is your least favorite word? My least favorite word would be... I was thinking about this. Kike. Oh, that's horrible. It's a Jewish slur, isn't it? Yes. All right, well, that's a good pick. Um, I mean, there are others, but probably that's a good one to pick. It just feels icky on the tongue. Yeah. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Love and loss. That's fair. That's a good answer. What turns you off? (coughs) What turns me off? Um, Actually, what turns me off creatively Mm -hmm. is contentment. You know what's so funny? It's very hard to be... And I don't mean in the theatrical world because someone's giving the words to you, mm-hmm. right? But in terms of writing, mm-hmm. um, I think contentment is really makes it very hard for me to to feel compelled to write. Yeah, I agree. <coughs> um, in Jim and Andy, uh, Jim Carrey was talking about when, what's his name, the director of Eternal Sunshine met up with him and it was a year to shooting the movie. And Jim Carrey was heartbroken, and the director was like, you are so broken. You're so sad. Please don't get well before we shoot the movie. Right. Because he needed him to be broken for that performance. And Jim Carrey's like, that's how fucked up acting is. Like, I wouldn't have done a good job if I was well. So he just had to stay sad. Yeah. But I do think there is a distinction. I don't think, for example, in the last play I did, I don't have to be going through the throes of the loss of a child to be able to do that that role. Well, yeah, loss is and, loss. And except for what was going on with your mom, things were going okay, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, it's a big thing to have go wrong. Yeah, with. yeah. Um, but I didn't use, it, it's very interesting, I didn't use that in that play. Well, maybe you couldn't. Maybe you weren't ready. And the only time at the end I have to cry, right? yeah. This, guys, this is the play The Women of Lockerbie. Right. He plays a dad who lost his son in a plane crash. And, and his it, wife is, she's lost her marbles. She's so sad from the grief. And the very end of the play, I have to 
open a suitcase, and based upon what I see inside the suitcase, I start weeping. It's because it's his clothes in the play, right? right. It's your son's yeah. clothes. Right. Okay. And, well, he wrote he wrote his name in there like his mother taught him to. Yes. So, anyway. The only time I couldn't weep was the night your mother, the day your mother died. I had to go on that day, remember? Yeah. And I don't think you could go there. I think that's why you couldn't. Yeah, but I mean, it it was just weird. Yeah, it's like I finally have the juiciest, realest thing to use, and and I I can't fucking touch it. Right, couldn't touch it. That's real. That's happened to me before. Ask, what is your favorite curse word? Oh. Fuck. Hands down. Same. Yeah. I say fuck a lot. So do I. Do you leave you stub your toe? Is that what you say? It's not a stub your toe word. It's more you like say fucking. You're like a fucking. Yeah, it's, like it's very like Tony you, Soprano. There's something behind it all uh-huh. the time when you say it. There's an yeah. aggression behind it. Yeah, agreed. I don't know. I, even or if I frustration stub my toe. or. But yeah, frustration from stubbing my toes when I go like fuck. Not I'd go like shit. That. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. In class today, at my barber in class, I went, shit, and something was really hard, and I realized I could have been disturbing other people's burn. What sound or noise do you love? Your voice when you were first learning to talk. That's so sweet. I know. And now it's like, eh. I sound like an old smoker. <laughs> Not an old smoker. Named like You're Janice. So, it's actually, it's interesting. We kind of have the same horsiness. And cadence. Maybe, maybe... This is a hereditary thing. Maybe. Well, it used to be stress-induced acid reflux. Like, right when mom died, I, I got really bad acid reflux. I would lose my voice, like, on a dime. And now that I, like, exercise and eat healthy, it's definitely not as bad as it was. But it's still, like, gravelly. Yeah, but I think it's great. I think it's very distinctive. I think, I mean, yeah. I ran into a guy from high school recently, and he's like, you have this raspy voice now. It's, I really like uh, it. And I was like, thanks. I worked really hard. Um, what sound or noise do you hate? I hate crying babies. Sound or noise do I? I I will tell you, uncontrollably yippy dogs who, when you walk in, Mm -hmm. don't stop for 25 minutes. (laughs) Oh, God, it's annoying. (laughs) Right. Just like that? I'll keep doing it. No, no, not just like that, but... (laughs) No. (laughs) What, what, What profession... Other than your own, would you like to attempt? I would love to be a psychiatrist or a neuropsychiatrist. Is it because you love the show In Treatment, starring Gabriel Byrne? <laughs> no, that's not the only reason. I mean, no. I think I you'd think be good at it, to be honest. I, If I didn't have my own challenges, I would have done it, I think. Mm-hmm. But I just felt like I wasn't stable enough myself. You had your own cross to bear. Yeah. And unlike other people who are nuts who do that profession and don't care about their crosses, I did. And I felt it could hamper my ability to treat other people. So So I became a lawyer. You're doing great. I bet. Something to fall back on. A smart job. A job you can rely on. Yes, unless you're unemployed for two years like I was. Sometimes. Uh, it builds character. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, what profession would you not like to do? I don't think I would like to be a vivisectionist. You're going to have to let me know what the fuck that is, Dad. Something that c- 
cuts open animals. Oh, sure, sure, sure. You know, or a taxidermist. Yeah. I wouldn't want to do that. Stuffing dead, yeah, dead no, animals. Yeah, no, no, that's not for me. Okay, that's a good <laughs> answer. It's not for me either. And finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Oh, it's you. <laughs> Did you steal that from somebody? No. That's a good answer. Thank you. I think James Lipton and the students at whatever the fuck school is. <laughs> it's like, ah! You know what I love? Like, it's like a little tragique. I love looking at all the students, like, desperate, earnest faces when I watch Inside the Actors Studio. Like, they, like, lean forward and they're, like, when they're, like, um, hi, Kristen Wiig. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> First year acting student. <laughs> um, when you were doing Bridesmaids, and they're, like, about to cry, uh, just yeah. asking a question. Right. And I'm, like, Ugh. Like, it's embarrassing. Act right. like you don't give a fuck. That's that's how to get famous people well, like you. Well, did you ever see the one where Bradley Cooper asked... Was in the audience with De Niro? And they asked De Niro a question? It's really moving to watch that now. And But he asked it in a normal way. Yeah, no, he did. He was I'm just very saying just it was like, kind was, of funny because now they, they're such they're so pals. close. Yeah. It's really cool. That's an inspirational uh, thing. I think he's a wildly overrated actor. Um... I'm biased because I think he's beautiful, but yeah, I mean, I think him and Jennifer Lawrence are both extremely. I mean, related. they're good. He's 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 competent. I just he's not. But when I look compelling. at like, I'm honestly, I'm really mad at Dustin Hoffman for being a creep. But like, that's one of those actors that like when I watch him, I'm it's magnetic. Who's your who's would you say your favorite favorite actor is right now? Right now. Yes, and by favorite, I I don't mean like the cutest. I mean, who yeah. do you think has the greatest talent hmm. gift? It's really hard. You know, this is going to sound a little cliche because I feel like everyone shits their pants over this person. And I could have met him at Actors Theater of Louisville, but I had to leave. Uh, once I saw Nocturnal Animals, Michael Shannon like had my heart. As far as like an actor that I was like, holy fuck. It's funny, I just said that to Susie in the car a couple of days ago. I said, I think he's one of the top, probably three actors of his generation. Yeah, he's a goddamn genius. And um, he, yeah. <coughs> I mean, he's, he's great. Yeah, as far as actresses. He was, he was in the water movie. Know, did you see that one? Yeah, I just call it the water did movie. Did you like now. the water movie? Uh, yeah. What's it really called? The Shape of Water. The Shape of Water. I My just call it the water. My dad has butchered, for someone who loves movies, he has butchered movie names since the dawn. Any name really. I have no, no memory And anymore. it's not because you don't care. It just doesn't stick. Right. Um, it's called... Who's your favorite right. actress right now? Oh, wow. It's the same one I've had for 25 years. Meryl. Yeah. I think she's... What if Meryl's not an option? If Meryl's not an option. Susie would like to weigh in. Susie, who do you Look, think? Frances McDormand. Um, she's great. You can't be that far oh, away from the I'm microphone. I'm sorry, she's great. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'll, I'll think of like six of them after I'm off. Um, Allison Janney. She's my homie. She's very good. but I, I love I, her. I, and I also love Margot Robbie. Okay. But I haven't seen I, Tanya yet, but I just, from the trailer, can already tell it's going to make me I will tell her. you, whatever she is, I've never seen her, I don't think, yet. She is so gorgeous. She was so gorgeous at the Golden Globes. Margot Robbie? Oh, my God. She was in Wolf of Wall Street. Was she really? Yeah, she was the hot the hot girl in Wolf of well, Wall Street. Well, she was 
just gorgeous. I know. I looked at a picture of her recently with one of my friends, and I was like, I mean, I'm as pretty as her, and he literally just laughed in my face. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's a dark reaction, but that's fine. Well, you have a very different look. I like to know where I stack up. No, she's a classic Hollywood beauty. Right. Um, yeah. I feel like Allison Janney is the one I'm... She's like... And also... I feel like say what you want, but Nicole Kidman in Big Little Lies, like, she's a. I think she's a great actress. I just wish she would stop getting fillers in her face because now she looks like a cat. <laughs> I. It's so funny. I can't. I'm trying to think of other great. Frances McDormand is definitely up there, um, but I can't think of another one right now. Well, that's a great answer, though. I feel like we went on some fun little tangents, Dad. Yeah. How long was this? How long did it go? Uh, like a little under an hour, I think. Oh, good. Is there anything else you'd like to discuss or say to the listeners, say to your fans? No, except if I if I offended anyone, I do not have a Twitter account, so you cannot <laughs> just Twitter me and attack me there gratuitously. Um, you'll be able to find me on Facebook, and you can attack me there. Um and that's really it. I'm just, I'm very proud of you, of course, Thanks, for doing this. And we'll have something for posterity now. I know, this is really exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah, guys. I Was I boring? That... Was I boring? No, I don't think so. But okay. if the listeners say that you were, I'll make sure not to tell you and to lie. No, I would like to know. Okay. Well, uh, slide into my DMs, you guys, at Hannah A. Brown on Instagram and Twitter. Let me know if my dad was boring or not. I don't think you were. And I've always said, I feel like once people know you, they understand me. Oh. Because my ooey gooey side is like, and also like my fun flirty side, like kind of like, not, I don't want to say flaky, but like that like fun girly girl is like mom. But then my Thank wit. Thank God, I thought she was going to say me. My wit, <laughs> my angst. Um, I feel like those things come from you, Dad. Great. Okay, at least um, I gave you something. Hey, I'm, I literally said this, that I'm cooler than 90% of people. Cause, and because of, of you, you made <laughs> me cool. Sometimes you'll be like, you're just so hip. And I'm like, you're right, I am. Isn't that scary that she thinks that? No, That's it's scary. not scary. That's scary. Whatever. <laughs> you guys, uh, if you don't already, follow me on Instagram at Hannah A. Brown, H-A-N-N-A-H-A-B-R-O-W-N. Check out the website, browneyedunicorn.com, for podcast episodes and some of my writing. Um, and please, please rate, review, subscribe, all on iTunes. The reviews really help. I think right now I have 14, and I would like it to be more than that. So, love you guys. Thank you for listening. Dad, anything else? No, I was just thinking, I think I'm going to open my own, um, own web uh, podcast, and it's yeah. going to be called Hazel Eye Jun- Junicorn. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.